Shingles are horrible, and none of us want shingles. Joining me today to tell us who gets shingles and why, and stress the importance of the shingles vaccine, is Dr. Pablo Romero. He's a family medicine doctor with SVMH. This is Ask the Experts, a podcast from Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Romero, it's so great to speak with you again. Today we're talking about shingles, which is, I guess, fairly common. And it's one of those things that maybe I know what it is, but I'm not entirely sure. So I'm going to rely on your expertise today. Let's start here. What are shingles? Well, shingles is a reactivation of a virus that, that gets introduced to us as children in general. So the herpes virus goes around looking for victims and finds noses and eyes and whatever and infects the victim. The victim has no idea what's going on until suddenly you see the crusty things and then mommy and daddy or whoever decide to take them in and then they go in and say, oh my goodness, you have chicken box. And sometimes it's so subclinical that you probably don't even realize that. So that's how the virus is introduced into our bodies. And then, of course, from there, it goes into storage and waits for the second phase, which is going to be then the reactivation of the virus. And that's when we end up with the diagnosis of shingles. Right, shingles. So I see what you're saying. It kind of just hangs around, just waiting for its moment to shine, right? Correct. So what are the signs and symptoms? Is it painful? Uh, how long does it last? Well, varicella itself, you know, can be very significant, but in general, it's not. It's very, very simple. Now, the real issue then comes the shingles, and that as we go along in life, it always seems to affect the older folks, and of course, anybody who's immunocompromised or is taking other medications, of course, is much less of a victim. But in general, by the time we get to the fifth, sixth, seventh decade, then we have a problem, and that this thing. We start getting these weird sensations, which can be, you know, called neuritis, which means that somehow our skin is hurting. We don't see necessarily anything. And then later, of course, then the eruptions pop up, and then they always come in a band-like distribution from the half of the spine to the front of the chest. And, uh, of course, then it becomes much more evident that something is serious going on. Now, the problem with this thing is that sometimes it does, at least 10% of the time, it goes more to the face and, of course, the nose and the eyes, and then we're talking about more complications. Most of the time it's in the chest and trunk, but sometimes it does go into the genitals. And then, again, the biggest issue is for the head and neck. Yeah, I see what you mean. So there's sort of like the typical, and then sometimes it might move beyond that, and you can see just how sort of uncomfortable, possibly painful, certainly unsightly it is. I'm sure one of the questions you get asked a lot is, is shingles or are shingles contagious? Both are. The varicella and the chickenpox is, is contagious. And then the shingles, of course, it is contagious if you have close contact. It doesn't fly across the hallway. You have to touch it and then touch yourself. And yeah, then you can get infected with shingles, especially if you haven't had the vaccines, yes. Yeah, with all the things floating around in the air this time of year, cold, flu, possibly COVID, the last thing we want is also shingles just kind of floating around. Is it ever possible for shingles to be so bad that it's life-threatening? Absolutely. So essentially what it is is that it opens the portal to secondary invaders or infections. Say that you have it in the face and the nose and the eyes and whatever, and then you have that area completely. The skin gets destroyed, allows the bacteria to get in, and yes, you can end up with meningitis. Yes, you can end up with death. 
In general, shingles in itself, even in the rib cage and trunk, is super, super painful. And I know of nobody who has ever told me that, you know what, this is kind of nice. I, I want it again. <laughs> yeah, no big deal, shingles, right? Yeah, no one says that. So let's talk about the risk factors. You mentioned it begins to impact older folks, right, in their 50s, 60s, 70s. So I'm assuming age is one of the risk factors. But are there some other diseases, cancer treatments, maybe some medications that also can put us at higher risk? Absolutely. For example, if you're immunocompromised, rheumatoid arthritis, irritable bowel, and that, of course, you know, you're at high risk. And on top of that, people who have been subject to transplants, if you had a kidney transplant, then you're at much risk. And, of course, let's not forget something else that I kind of grew up with, which is HIV. People with HIV, even under control of the antiretrovirals, they're still at a high risk of getting shingles. Sex, yes, women are a little more susceptible to it race. African-Americans seem to be less susceptible. Then you have physical trauma. If you're an elderly person and you fell down and hurt your ribs or whatever, that seems to open up the portal for the virus to come in and give you that. Interesting. I'd never heard that, that uh, some sort of fall or trauma could also sort of activate it, sort of bring it out. That's really interesting. Certainly glad to have your expertise today. So when should we see a doctor, right? So if there's a pain and rash, if it gets to our face and our eyes, when would it be important for us to reach out? I can just say that the sooner the better, because, you know, given that the, the most of us know what we are looking for, that is physicians and nurse practitioners or PAs or whatever, as soon as you think you have a worry that, that somehow this painful thing or eruption is falling on one side or whatever, and especially in the face, reach out and see somebody. Now, you know, people can say, you know what, I'm not sure that this is what it is, but they can do some testing. You know, you can do a sample testing of PCR, and then you can find out the next day, oh, by the way, you did have shingles, and by the way, let me give you some treatment. So I think the sooner the better. Obviously, at 2 o'clock in the morning, going to the ER probably is not necessarily needed, but by 8 in the morning, call the office and call your provider. Say, I think I may have this thing, and they can always say, oh, yeah, we can make some room for you to be seen, if not by me, but by one of my partners. Yeah. Definitely. And you mentioned earlier, uh, we've all sort of become familiar with vaccines, unfortunately, but vaccines are very helpful things, whether it's uh, flu, COVID, and shingles as well. So let's talk about the vaccine for shingles. When should folks get it? How many doses? How does that all work? So the, the way that they have it uh, licensed right now is that people after 50, age of 50, normal people, immunocompetent people, should get the, uh, the vaccine, which is in two doses, and, you know, it's separated by two to six months. There, there were two models, and one kind of went away, but now the, the new one came out. Myself, I was so scared of this thing that I got the first batch. And then I, when the new one came out, I said, you know what, I want that one too. And the same thing like with every vaccine. People have, there's a lot of drama in there. Oh, my God, I felt so bad. It's no different than the flu. It's no different than COVID to me. But the difference is that it protects you against something that is horrible and has potential deadly side effects. Yeah, I always like to trust the experts, right? We ask the experts on this podcast, and then we try to listen to them. And as you say, the word you use there is shingles is horrible. You don't want shingles. So along with our other vaccines that we're encouraging folks to get, right? Flu, COVID, if you're of age or you have the risk factors, get your shingles vaccination. Certainly, doctor, from your experience, we know it's the right decision, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, again, the children are not qualified for this thing, but anybody after 50 or if you happen to have a lung transplant or a kidney transplant or anything, check with your provider. 
by the way, I have no idea. I've had my transplant five years ago, and I'm 45. Should I get my shingles? And check and see what they say. Right. Very likely they will say that. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, doctor, it's always great to speak with you. You always have all the answers, and we've learned more about shingles today. So thanks so much. You stay well. Thank you, and you too. And for a complete list of all of our podcasts, please visit svmh.com. And if you found this podcast to be helpful, please be sure to tell a friend, neighbor, or family member, and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and check out the entire podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Ask the Experts from Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.